Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 145. This is your host, Deb Falzoy, and this week, we're hearing from an insurance adjuster whose employer discriminated against him based on race and sexual orientation, and they gave the old playbook response of, we support diversity, we don't have problems here. Do you want to hear his story? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abuse of power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. Before I get started today, I want to talk about Patreon. I have a new Patreon account at patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy, and I have a really quick survey on there about what kind of rewards you'd like, everything from early access to episodes, to exclusive episodes, behind the scenes content. So as far as what my role was, uh, I worked in the property claims department. My background is with call center work. I started in the life and health side at a Medicare call center and then eventually transitioned into the world of property and casualty. Um, so this would be selling and servicing auto and homeowners policies. And then I eventually moved over to progressive insurance and became a claims adjuster with them. I started out in their, um, claim support role, went up to their adjuster trainee role, uh, where many of these events occurred and then was eventually promoted to a full desk adjuster and then, Right before my termination, uh, termination, I finally moved over to the catastrophe catastrophe claims department. Okay, um, and so tell me about like the work environment that you started out with, and kind of how it how it escalated, how it started to become toxic. Oh yeah, so um, it, that that environment was always a good old boys club to start with. So when I started at um, Progressive Home in 2019. That was at the tail end of the American Strategic Insurance merger with Progressive. Progressive did not have their own property insurance branch. So they went out and bought American Strategic Insurance. And over the course of five years, they were slowly completing the merger. When I was hired in, I was hired in as a Progressive employee. I had two badges, but at that point, they had already owned more than a majority of the company and I was a fully fledged PGR employee. So when I first started, it was pre-COVID. Um, it was in an office setting, but it was already very clicky. Um, I got promoted over to adjuster trainee right when the pandemic started and they were trying to balance what was gonna happen between you know shutting down the office. It was, um, it was a lot of chaos at that time with that transition to work from home. Um, as far as what made it toxic, um, there was, like I said, it was a lot of um, people who had been working there for at that company for 10, 20 years already. They weren't really welcoming of new people coming in and wanted to stick with their, their the ways they had done things before. And tell me about like the kind of worst case toxicity that like how this the bullying that you experienced um how, um, how did everything escalate well as far as the buildup um when I first started at the adjuster trainee role um the manager I was with at the time she already had a reputation of being uh gruff and uh you know talking like a sailor um, they always jokingly say it's like, Hey, if my swearing bothers you, you know, say something, I'll stop. Um, but no one actually wanted to come forward and say that. Um, but yeah, she would just drop F-bombs left and right verbally and swear in the team chat and, and just very off colored comments. Like in a training role, she would like bring up a claim example and make a joke saying, Oh, this uh, named in church is such a schizo in reference to them not calling back or, you know, messing up things with their, their story or stuff like that. Um, just not painting a very good picture about the people who were supposed to be helping. 
as far as again the the worst behavior I, I experienced was in a team meeting in August of 2020. Um, I, I will preface and say that I'm openly gay and you know wasn't in the closet. It was the known fact that I was gay. Um, one of my coworkers at the time, um, who would later go on and make several other comments, but she was talking about how that past weekend she went on a really bad date at Sunset Beach in St. Petersburg, Florida. Sunset Beach is the, the commonly known gay beach in this area. Um, it is a very small community. Uh, but she starts off saying that, you know, the date she was on was going bad. The man she was with had like a clear coat nail varnish and was a sissy, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets to the point where she, she was saying while on the beach, she saw a creature uh, referring to uh, a transgender woman that I happen to know, just uh, a brief acquaintance. Uh, she was just like goading and saying berating comments and then and then literally said, oh, this weekend, I am going to be going to a baby shower. I should hire this creature and thing as a prop, stating that, you know, the, for the gender reveal portion of the baby shower, she would have the, um, the, the, the transgender woman pull up her top if it was a baby girl or remove the swimsuit bottoms if it was a baby boy. Um, and mind you, this was in a team meeting, webcams on, just middle of the day, work environment. Um, and then to which my team lead, you know, a supervisor who was supposed to be held to higher standards was like, oh, my God, that's so funny, like laughing and just engaging in it. Um, so that was by far the absolute worst thing I experienced. And, you know, as a as a queer person as well, and I've experienced. Growing up, I've experienced gender dysphoria. I it's been to the point where, you know, growing up in the South as a queer person is terrible. I have there have been times growing up that I thought about taking my own life, and they're just j joking about this, just like it's a normal everyday conversation. And then I was too stunned to say anything at the time, and you know, we just move on to the next thing. Um, yeah, at that point, I did make a report to HR. Um, they were not terminated. Um, they were, and and the reason, the reason why I believe they didn't get terminated that at that point because it was still right early during the pandemic. At that time, there were only two team leads in the contents claims department. It was the team lead who said that or observed and participated in that behavior, and then a second one. And at that time, it was literally like. 2021 20, uh desk adjusters and like three two team leads and um and then the the contents manager if they had fired that the team lead who, who participated and then that other desk adjuster at the start of the pandemic when they don't know what's going on with the hiring or you know we were still figuring out that aspect they they made the decision that you know it would have been too, too hard. So they basically gave uh, the desk adjuster, mind you, I was hired as an adjuster trainee. They hired that other person in as a desk adjuster. So they were, she was paid more and had more experience. That's what they valued over honoring being true to their names. Cause calling someone a creature and thing is not acceptable. That should have been auto immediate termination, but you know what? Uh, the team lead was given a written warning. The desk adjuster was given a final warning. Um, and then also during that time, I explained to the first investigator that I brought up the examples that the uh, team lead would swear at us all the time, even in a coaching. Uh, at one point, she told me, David, you don't want to fucking confuse the insureds over the way I had formatted like the, the payment structure part of it. And I was like, look, I don't care about And I, I didn't say it to her and I wish because I, I was too scared because the power structure and um you know it, it did get better um after the august complaint um i did hear comments like oh we can't swear as much anymore like th that stopped but i heard the the contents manager make just a comment uh about yeah we have to watch our tongues now and it's just like 
it was it was just petty. We didn't know the outcome. I only I only found out because uh, of the legal process that they were given a written. The team lead was given a written uh, warning, and then was given the final. I eventually got a. I filed a complaint with the Florida Commission on Human Relations, and um, I were literally at the point where they my charge was filed. Progressive, you know, ignored all the crap. They finally sent in their their rebuttal, their position statement to my charge. And then I had like three weeks, uh, an extra one because of the hurricane, to write my response to their position statement. And that's just what I finished today. So I were at a chance to like pick apart and prove, hey, this is not how this happened, which was good. I I, I legitimately, I, I had a point to counter everything. And at the end of the day, I, I don't know if it'll actually be enough, but I would not be able to sleep at night and, and knowing that I had to push this to the end. And and uh, the there was another part, like well before, you know, it took got to the point where me getting fired and going through this. Um, I guess what was the real, uh, going back to like after the trans comment, uh, the desk adjuster who made that original comment started switching the comments instead of making fun of queer people, uh, started making just off comments about Hispanic people. Uh, it was a common occurrence. I One of my coworkers had texted me about it several times and I have the text message to show about when they occurred as well. Um, to show it was repeated and ongoing. Um, but I guess I didn't think at the time to, you know, write out exactly what they said um, or take a screenshot until, you know, I got to the second complaint and interview. Um, you know, when you're growing up as, you know, in a community in situations where you're being treated differently, whether it's because you're Hispanic or queer or any other minority group, you you just kind of start to phase it out. You know it happens. You know it hurts. It's like, oh, I, I like I haven't been called a faggot a million times. Like I'm not going to remember each individual time that happens, or someone says something you know distasteful about Hispanic people. Um, I went back to her old ways um, or desk adjuster. And then come December, I guess there was some kind of Latino or cultural thing going on in December. But at that at that day, uh, there was like an email or message. And then the person who made the original trans comment. So, again, repeat offender wrote in the team chat. Does anyone else think progressive should honor Latino cultures and let us take a siesta every day? Again, this is written. Everyone can see it. This person was responsible for the first original event. Um, manager didn't address it or say anything. I reached out to another colleague. She agreed that it was offensive. It was the same colleague I had reached out to uh, before. You know, her two stepkids are Hispanic and her partner is Hispanic. You know, every every regular person outside of management who I explained you know, both the first and second situation are just still dumbfounded on how that wasn't deemed, you know, repeated and ongoing harassing behavior. But that's when I launched the second complaint. Um, at that uh, at that point, um, that was December 8th. I didn't start to hear back from the HR. They... they Per their legal thing, they're saying that they, yeah, Progressive was asserting that they did a, a thorough and prompt investigation. Um, so the event happened December 8th, 2020. Um, uh, I was first emailed by the HR manager, uh, senior HR manager, reached out to me via email telling me contact her personal cell phone. In 2020, David didn't know any better. Um, so I did. And I, had the text messages and everything. Uh, so she didn't want this like done through like the PGR system. Um, and I know now why, but at the time I did. So the, and again, this was the part because of the merger. So progressive or any large company, when they're doing a merger, they're going to put things off until they absolutely have to, until it's 
you know, financially makes sense. That doesn't always mean they're doing the right thing compliance wise. So our supervisors have access to our work emails and the way progressives. So I, I have an I had an asicorp.org email and then a progressive.com email. If she had sent anything she would have sent to me to through the progressive email be auto sent to my asicorp.org email because it auto forwards back and forth to handle those things. However, that would mean my manager, because they do have access to our emails, can can go and potentially see that I've been communicating with HR. Um, but at the end of the day, that's a compliance concern for them. That's not my responsibility. If they're in the process of merging, they should have known that. They should have that should have been a, a front priority for them. And then I'm the one being affected by their negligence. So like I'm kind of I'm curious about like the whole timeline. So you said December yeah. 2020 and then um, Yeah, this dragged on. Um but yeah, no, I didn't I didn't even really like have a full conversation with her until the uh December 16th and then the another conversation on the 18th and then she didn't get back to me with her final stuff or her final conclusion until December 30th, 2020. It took their definition of a prompt investigation was plain phone tag. And then at, and with just really gaslighty conversations. Um, and even though she, she had the that text right in her, you know, someone agreeing it was repeated and ongoing. Um, the first thing I was told by her essentially was, I did not provide enough evidence to support repeated and ongoing behavior. They had the idea, they, they had the written comment, however, but they decided that that comment in that context did not rise to the occasion to be a code of conduct violation. They, uh, and they decided, you know, they calibrated a group of white women, calibrated and just, they get to be the arbiters of what is and isn't offensive enough. And, what they really want, they they raised, they raised the bar of what it needed to be for it to be offensive. Had they deemed it a repeated and ongoing effect, that would have resulted in the termination of that desk adjuster. I had already cited that that team lead did not address that, and I brought that up in my complaint. She was already on a written warning. That would have that would have been a two for one. And again, at that point in December, they already hired a third team lead. They were hiring a fourth. It wouldn't have been easy, but it wouldn't have been as crippling at the start of the pandemic. You know, they they prioritize profits over people. Like, um, I think some of the commentary I saw right now with, you know, the Try Guys thing is what they did right about their situation is they quickly removed Ned entirely from the company, like within the span of a month. You know, they had the good idea, like, hey, we this is the kind of company we want to be. We're going to be proactive. And if we see a risk, we're going to mitigate it. Progressive, despite being an insurance carrier, is terrible at risk management. They they literally just kept doubling down on a bad decision. Um, but yeah, they it basically meant that they decided to give her a pass and not let it exceed the threshold. Um because of that, Aaron wasn't get, wasn't fired. I believe she was definitely coached a third. Uh, you know, that would have been like a second and third time. And on top of that, like when I was going back through the text messages and stuff, I realized that uh, the person who I was going back and forth with, you know, confirming a lot of my, uh, you know, concerns, like she had sent me then another text message, December 16th. And like, I rep reply back again, like she really does have foot in mouth syndrome. Um, but the investigator, senior manager, I had explained, I didn't remember exactly when or what she said, but she refused to say it was reasonable to do a, uh, an IT uh, data search. I said, because we're constantly told Everything we do is discoverable in court. Everything we do is discoverable in court. But they didn't want, they didn't feel it'd be warranted or the right thing or appropriate to, you know, pull our group team chats when their IT code of conduct says that we have no expectation of privacy. 
and we're subject and anything can be searched at any time without any notice. So they're basically picking and choosing when to apply their silly code of conduct. Yeah, they, they police themselves. It sounds. Yeah, they. I. It's like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's uh, work chats. It's either that they pull it, they can see, hey, David was lying, and it wasn't repeated on. They pull it and show, oh crap, he really was telling the truth. We were gaslighting him, and we made a bad call. It's like they don't. They don't want. They didn't want to find the answer. Um. Do you have a sense of what their investigation looked like? Like, did they just talk to you, and you know? Um. Yeah. So, from what I gather from like reading their their position statement, uh, I have to go back to it. So, for the first investigation, they reached out to everyone on the team and confirmed that you know. They they owned up and said, hey, yeah, we were making fun of trans people um, because everyone confirmed it. And then for the second investigation, I honestly only believe that uh, the senior manager only reached out to uh, my friend. So part of their rebuttal response was they were just explaining why progressive isn't racist. Um, so like they talk, they literally in part of their response saying it's we have LGBT and Hispanic culture employee resource groups, we can't be racist. Because that, that, that's how that works. Yeah. Um, and then m my favorite part is the mission of Plan uh, Planeta, so that's the Hispanic ERG, is to promote an inclusive work environment that fosters awareness of workplace issues affecting Hispanic Latino employees. This is accomplished by deepening progressive Hispanic marketing and community efforts, recruiting and retaining talented Hispanic employees and promoting cultural cultural awareness. If they had a shred of cultural awareness, they would they would um they would have understood. And you know, that, that this is in their legal like position statement. They're saying, like, I, I I can't make this up. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, December 30th, I had my, I had a second meeting with senior HR manager. Uh, she, she told me basically uh, she couldn't confirm it was repeated ongoing, blah, blah, blah. She took, she basically, and that was one of the, you know, terrible things she said to me, honestly and truly, David, if you were that offended, you know, you would remember. And I responded back, back, you know, if you were going to, do you remember everything that offends you? And her again, response was, if I'm going to report it, yes, I would. So just just more gaslighting. Um, and at the end of that meeting, I ask her, it's like, well, I don't see why, like, how can this keep happening? And then uh, the team lead was being like put on new tasks and special projects, you know, like, you know, a resume topper, things like that. She was still being uplifted by the contents claim manager. But also she mysteriously quit two weeks after I got fired for my third retaliation complaint so maybe i did something right at the end of that she said oh she was not aware of me being uplifted and put on a different tasks or things like that so she says herself i didn't know this was happening she said let me reach out to your local hrc so in the and i and i have all the hr audio recordings or most of them i've submitted them to the state with my rebuttal so i recorded hr because i knew they were going to be sneaky and thank god i did typically from what i've seen um in legal situations they typically side with the employee who reported it especially if you're proving your case um the worst thing is like i'm surprised they 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 know what i sent out from my email they knew i recorded it too which is weird i mean they didn't know at the time but they can see everything i emailed to myself she pretty much gaslit me saying oh it really wasn't that bad uh she tried to say oh isn't the only person put on a special project and came up with some kind of like response that didn't make sense um and, and not to like discredit that team lead who she had she was good in a lot of other ways like the contents manager would constantly praise and always say good things about her in meetings and and that's not to say that he wasn't skilled she just had deficits in other areas like, you know, treating her employees um, and, you know, harassing and stuff. But, you know, after that, I then escalated to the their HR director and her response 
was she was saying, oh, well, I didn't really do much with this. Um, we calibrated it, you know, you know, it just wasn't that offensive in this situation. And then when I ask her a response in writing, she gets the date wrong. Like in her response, she didn't take the time to proofread what she was sending me. And she gets the dates wrong saying, oh, thank you for escalating the thing in August and November. Like just miss like in this this meeting happened in February, mind you, from something that started in the start of December. Uh, through mid January. And then I kept trying to appeal it because at the end of the day, I know what's offensive and harassing. Like I was trying to stand my ground, especially since it was repeat offenders. Like, I've explained the situation to so many other people and no reasonable person would have looked at that and said, we're going to, we're going to risk this for a third chance. By the second time, it should have been termination for both. They, they overlooked it. Um, just because it was, you know, it, it was just a shitty situation. Um, and then, I mean, it was basically yeah, older white women you know, citing and protecting so heterosexual, cisgendered white females. They 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 just didn't believe it was that offensive to them. So sorry, because it's yeah. Uh, as we like look at bullying, it's, it's yeah. Oh, it of what it you know, it's not. It's it's all about how it lands. So yeah. And then the after that, you know, uh, they refer me back to this being my second time speaking with her in mid February. Um, at that point, she's. I can tell like she's upset and frustrated, but you know, she's practically yelling. It's like, you know, cause I explained like, how can I get over this? Like I did nothing wrong. This clearly is not a harassment free workplace. I had even, I had asked, Hey, let's make a message at claim standup, you know, progressivism, diverse and harassment free workplace. Like just reiterate it. Cause we're, it's a pandemic. We're all at home, you know, all maybe which is some degree of comfort and people forgot where they were. I mean, I know now that if some people are hateful, they're going to be hateful. And I asked her that in January and February, and she just didn't want to try to make that happen, stating that would make other people uncomfortable. For them to have a statement acknowledging progressive was a diverse and harassment-free workplace. And then also on top of the fact is that we're not allowed to apologize to me. HR told them that they were not allowed, we were never, we weren't allowed to discuss the situation with each other. So it made it, we couldn't heal. I was told I can't bring it up with them. They said that they had to sign some kind of like work NDA thing. I didn't have to sign anything, but I wasn't allowed to talk with these people because to heal, you need to talk through it. Like this is what made this fester and go down this role. Like this is eaten at me for so long. And and I mean, honestly, I wish I could go back knowing what I would have known now. I would have spoken up at that time and I would have cussed them out and been like, hey, no, this is not how you talk or treat people. Because at the end of the day, I I think it would have saved a lot of time. But like the HR professional thing was, is not not every uh, uh, an apology is not necessary in every remedy. So they like, what would be the point of not I don't get it. Like an apology would not have um, not have made it worse. So they, during the pandemic, were isolated and alone. We can't get an apology. We're miserable and we're dealing with workplace harassment all the way through December into the following year. Um, I, back to the point, uh, my final meeting with the local HRC, she's frustrated and I, and she's, I basically say, well, why, what if I can't get over it? Like, they should leave, not me. She's basically, well, there's no point in being miserable here. And she basically was saying, she was telling me that I should be the one to leave in the HR professional way. It's like, you may want to explore other options. You know, life is short. No point in being miserable here. It's like, that's so tactless. And, and that's the message. And we get, it's like, if we try to bring change and they don't, they don't like it, that we're the problem. And I know I, I wasted my time trying to change an organization that didn't want to change. Um, what I didn't know at the time, um, is it turns out that local HRC, uh, I, I 
believe that she used her uh, her personal bias because um, her financial donations were to like win bread, social conservative stuff. So the local HRC had a personal bias and not that other people would be uncomfortable at that statement being made, but she was uncomfortable with it being made. It would have, it will, what it would appear. Uh, so after that, and uh, I seen on the cake after that, because um, that was mid-February, the woman who had made the two disgusting comments went on a leave of absence. She came back February, February 2021. Many claims of gestures will know this event, you know, and have fond, fond memories, jokingly. The 2021 Texas freeze. That was a claims shit show. For everyone, every carrier you can talk, you can talk to people who work claims at that time. They will have a Texas freeze story for you. Or the desk adjuster returned from her leave. She sat on her hands and did nothing for 14 days, getting all these new claims because we were all hands on deck. Even even team leads and managers were making outbound calls for that cat event, helping trying to get down the initial contacts and doing stuff. She just sat on her hands for 14 days quit abruptly on a Thursday, and then all of her claims had to be transferred out to the rest of the team, making it worse for people. They should have just fired her in December. So after that, um, I was emotionally broken. Um, I just, I, I just, it was, it was a claim cat season. So we were busy, you know, I, I, I was hurt, but I made a little bit of peace with it at that time. Um, so fast forward uh, to August, 2021. I'm living my best life. I'm just at a gay bar, the local gay bar, Enigma, in uh, downtown St. Pete. I run into a, fr uh, a friend. Um, it turns out he actually used to work at American Strategic Insurance for 22 years. Uh, he quit right when Progressive bought it out and started the merge. So, like, we were, he knew I, I still did insurance. So we were just, you know, shooting the shit. Um, you know, one of the questions he asked me is if I was involved with the, you know, employee resource group for LGBTQ plus people at Progressive. And I was like, no, let me tell you a funny story. Um, and then he's flabbergasted. Um, he then reaches out to uh, another individual who still works in uh, works at Progressive at the uh, at that local office. Um, he was uh, like a learning and development consultant. And he's still under the HR umbrella, and I had referred to him as an HR rep a couple times, and all the uh, HR people got mad at me because he's still under the umbrella of human resources, but the like learning and learning and development side. Um, he, he reached out to allegedly uh, because he, he sent me an email um, after he found out, he asked me for some additional information. Um, and then he reached out to his boss and he gave me an email and I had this in writing from him, an email saying, uh, hold the investigation. Uh, the leader was coached, blah, blah, blah. One thing I find sad is that HRC uh, attempted to get four interviews from people and all people declined stating fears of uh, retaliation and the hopes of advancement being shot down. So I, I got that email in writing from him. I attempted to raise a retaliation complaint with him and then he started he started ignoring me and then he had to take a leave of absence. So they're trying to say that I didn't raise a retaliation complaint until like mid October when I was raising it with him immediately afterwards for information. One, he shouldn't have sent me. Um, but I then eventually speak with their centralized HR investigator. Um, she then tells me that that email I received from uh the other L lgbt hr rep but yeah gay and had married a hispanic person and he so he was curious about like wait why weren't they fired <laughs> so uh when i'm talking to that second investigator i ask the question it's like is it possible that you know someone that that leader contacted someone else to get the details because the investigator was like interrogating me saying I would not have access to those files. It's like, well, one, I don't know that. I don't know the full scope of what they can do, but I do know that people like to talk and people have friends and people network. 
So may and she completely shot down the idea that yeah, no one would violate progressives um data integrity, which they have violated themselves so many times. Um but they they just because that's the thing. That's the and then even in the um from getting my my position statement back, it turns out that um that HR person was trying to throw me under the bus for that because he was trying to allege that I told him all that information that he emailed to me. So he's he was trying to save his own skin and delaying my retaliation complaint. I didn't speak. Uh, like I said, that started in August. That chain. I didn't end up speaking with uh, these inve these investigators till November. And again, they 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 define that as you know thorough and prompt. Um, yeah. By the end of that, and, and that's where I learned the final piece where they explained it's not that they couldn't confirm. Uh, for the part about repeated and ongoing, and then that same instance, it's that they, they just didn't deem it offensive enough because. I asked them point blank. It's if everyone saw it happening, everyone saw that it was repeated and ongoing. They, they, she just said, "Oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's just you know, just because a bit behavior happens doesn't mean it rises to the threshold of a code of conduct violation." They look at many different situations. You know, um, they, they, she went back and you know, say, "Hey, calibrated this with her group," and then if you look at I. I, I saved a screenshot of what her DRG looked like. Um, it's her, and then you know she's, and then the, the three, four people under her, um, you know, all older white, heterosexual females. Um, you know, those those five people calibrated, or potentially those five. I don't know who exactly within her group. They're upset that people of you know minority groups are advocating for themselves and explaining what is inappropriate you know they they just they can't, they can't god forbid they have that yeah her taking responsibility for any you know having that liability yeah by no and um i did eventually end up speaking to someone after this made it up to their their um executive hr person at the time uh because oddly enough they were trying to promote more diversity and inclusion in the contents claims department. So they had a speaker come in and then um, it was their diversity and inclusion liaison. Um, and so I reached out to her, we had a conversation and then, and you know, she then escalated it up to up that chain. Um, in my conversation, I explained, Hey, yeah, no, I already, that senior ex uh, HR executive, he, he was just very curt and, I unprofessional as well. He he just didn't he didn't he was tired of dealing with it. Um, but was like, yeah, no, everything is it is what it is. And at that point, I gave up with it. There, um, I eventually do successfully interview to get out of contents claims and finally make it to the cat department. Cat claims. Um, but of course, since it's still a good old boys club in a a small group, um, they. Typically, when you move to a new department, all your old claims stay with the old department. So they were refusing to take back some of my co my contents claims reopen, like the the high risk ones specifically. So these were, you know, they had passed uh, special uh, SI, they had passed SIU special investigation units, you know, high limits. Um, you know, we've already. These are claims you wouldn't want a cat adjuster doing. If they first had said it was just, oh, this, the first one I tried to get, have them take back was, they said, oh, it's just recoverable depreciation. Um, but that, that first claim was also prior SIU. It had reopened three times within like a month when I was in a new role, when my role is dealing with high volume dwelling damage from, you know, catastrophes, I don't, I don't have time to go back and forth and, you know, write a check for five, $10 for every receipt they send in. They purposefully knew that and still that, oh yeah, let a cat adjuster keep his contents claims. Um, it was my, that HR manager and my prior team lead being petty because um, they were not quite happy with me, um, clearly. So um, I let the first one slide in February, um, and then 
in April, April 22nd, they've rejected, uh, I had uh, a second one reopened. This one, you know, large value loss. We hadn't issued a settlement yet. It still needed to go back through SIU. It had a lot of fraud indicators. Um, we already had a reservation of rights on it. That's like a fancy letter saying that we are establishing our rights up front. And, you know, we need this, this, and this. We wanted them to get a sworn proof of loss, like signed and notarized and mailed back. Again, this is not something a cat claims adjuster should be handling. You know, when I was in my contents claims role, you know, perfectly fine. I lit, I, it really just came down to it is I was trying to have a logical explanation with them. It's like, hey, this, this makes no sense. You are putting yourself at risk for a bad faith, you know, claim loss. They're being petty and risking claims being handled and settled properly because they just didn't like me and didn't want to take my claims back when, and to, to do a disservice to the named insureds. Um, so at that point, I uh, HR still wasn't responding. Like um, I. I knew they weren't going to do anything, uh, obviously, by the third time. Um, so I, what they deemed me getting fired for uh, was because I had sent an email to several leaders saying, hey, I've been experiencing discrimination and retaliation. Um, and I, and I, maybe I'll credit this to myself, but um, like I sent that to an, uh, one of the leaders who just got promoted and somewhat fairly recently and then like two weeks later he announces that you know he's putting in his resignation so that's maybe my one thing is like maybe I was that final push where he decided yeah I'm out because no one wants to be there with a sinking ship um but yeah no they ignored my third retaliation complaint I uh, I caught COVID I was gone for a Monday and Tuesday right before I was terminated um I didn't hear back from HR until that Monday that I was gone I didn't log in so when I arrived back in Wednesday, you know, I see that I had two uh, meetings missed Monday and Tuesday. And I said, hey, I was gone. You know, I'm still kind of sick. Can we reschedule? There's mandatory CAD overtime. I was going to be doing a 10 hour day. So me having a meeting with them like right away when I'm not feeling my best and I'm prepared. They were like, no, you're going to do it. Or if you're going to take PTO, we're going to call you on your cell phone. And I was like, OK, well. If I'm going to take PTO, you're not going to call me on my cell phone because that's my personal time off. And if it was really that important, you would have called me on Monday. Um, so then I sent an email. And I think she, she just got pissed and snapped. Um, and that's what led to it. Because my last email I sent before I was booted from the system and terminated, it says, I'm sorry, this does not appear that you're trying to settle this issue in good faith. And then it's like, you're up. Uh, Employment with progressive insurance has officially been terminated because I didn't be, and it said because um, we requested to speak with you several times. You refused to reschedule. We rescheduled for you and you refused the third time. They said it was because I didn't go to that. And then my, I got my at my subsequent termination email because I got the, the day when I got the day I got fired. And then I got the, the snarkier one later. Which, I mean, I laugh about it now. You know, that's how I cope with my trauma. <laughs> so I raised my final retaliation complaint for 22-2022. They're stating uh, I was terminated May 4th. Because um, in their rebuttal, they list my termination charges uh, actions starting, you know, 425. When, one, I had started the... And that's the thing is, before I got... They terminated. I was already CCing the Florida Commission on Human Relations in emails from my ASI email. They they were well aware that this was happening because they I was told by them is hey if you if anything else happens it's you feel is retaliatory let us know and you know rejecting taking my claims back from the contents department you know the contents claim manager based on her prior feelings of me you know that that is a form of retaliation being petty and you know affecting how you settle claims. I mean, one that's that's just legally a huge liability, you know, and two, it's like, what's the point? It, it It's silly. Um, um, I mean, aftermath, it's I, I lost my job. 
um you know that wasn't fun i had to you know uh you know go through a lot of savings rack up more credit card debt um obviously had a huge effect on my mental health it, it it's weird it's it, it also you know has affected like you know friendships and other relationships because i guess i, I was told so many times just just let it just get over it and I, this was this wasn't something i can get over this was the bar, I, I refuse to let the bar be lowered this much. Like this one was just, it was, it was too, it was too blatant. It was, it was, it was, there, I, I would not, I would never forgive myself if I didn't do everything in my power for this. And it literally, um, it was when I found out that they had an extension, they got an extension too. They, they literally pulled, my dog ate the homework saying, oh, wow, we had no idea that this was happening because they their original rebuttal position statement was due like August 30th. They sent an a, a email saying, oh, we didn't find out about this till like August, sorry, September 2nd. Can we get a 30-day extension? They did not get the full 30-day. The funny thing was before that is like I literally emailed the investigator like three times asking her, hey, just to confirm, there's no way they can say they had no idea this was happening like I asked that three different times and she like in one of your emails, she responded back. Yes. Like I said before, there is no way they can claim they had no idea what this was happening, you know, because that's a very common tactic and, you know, make litigate and litigation, make things take longer. Progressive literally says, JK, we had no idea this was happening. Give us extra time. So investigator gave her, gave them a seven day extension. Um, and then on top of the fact, they sent it late again after the due, due date. And then, you know, the commission still had to accept it, even though they sent it late. This is a game to them. Like when I, I found out when they got the extension, like I, I back in September, that was honestly the closest I had been to considering taking my life in a very long time. Because I was thinking, you know, the only way to get help with this is I just need to be another dead queer. And thankfully, I didn't do anything. Um, but I, I had a I had a mental break. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was almost at that point, and I hadn't felt that way in years. But it's I I was gaslit to make feel like I was being ridiculous for demanding to be treated fairly. And it, it's like I went to urgent care and everything because I thought I was having a heart attack. They did an EKG and everything. Um, you know that extension broke me because it was the, the, the fucking audacity. Yeah. After all they put you through, I'm so sorry that it, that, that you experienced that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's literally like a clusterfuck after a clusterfuck It's and, and, and it's just so weird. Cause like now you see that, like they advertise every second diversity, inclusion, we love our gays and minorities. And like, this is a lie. This is false advertising. I, I don't feel comfortable them calling themselves an ally. They don't deserve that by any means. And like, again, their, um, their response is, yeah, I know we employ lots of gays and Latinos. That's, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> they can't do armchair rainbow washing anymore. Um, and honest to God, I, I really, I, I really hope they are held accountable. Um, I know I'm doing something right because a couple old coworkers reached out to me and told me they started getting legal hold notices about some of the claims. So, I mean, you know, granted several months late, but you know, at least something on the back end is working now. Um, but yeah, it's this, this really has eaten the last practically three years of my life and to yeah, two and a half. Um, and it, it's it's affected my health. Like I, I can say this is aging me. And it, it's it's really made me look realize like the kind of world we live in. Um because what's crazy is like growing up, my mom, because both my parents are from Colombia, you know, first gen generation immigrant, um, or child of immigrants. Like she was working on base in the 90s. You know, my dad was in the military, you know, we were Americans, but like she would ex experience harassment and discrimination. Like her white 
coworkers without college degrees when my mom and her friend, uh, my mom was again from uh, Medellin, Colombia, her friend was from the Philippines, both of them had degrees, but these, you know, Southern conservative white people were telling them, oh, you immigrants are here just to kill Americans and steal jobs. And my mom, in mind, this was the 90s, so it's a lot different, but my mom reported it to her, her manager and their response was, did they say it in front of customers? No, okay, that's fine, then just deal with it. And then what now, like 20 years later, I still have to go through like the same shit. Like, that's, that's not progress. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about any other like big takeaways you have from this whole experience. Um, any other like big insights about how the system works or? Um, yeah, it, it's the rules are made up. <laughs> That, that that's really it because basically their code of conduct and this is what i've learned when i was talking to like a bunch of other like groups um i got a li i got I, I i couldn't find a lawyer for this anyway it was said there is not many there's not any kind of lawyers who would want to take on this kind of thing because they want something quick and easy and i get that um so yeah diy lawyering is not fun and this, I think this will be, I I'm done after this. Like, uh, I will, I know now, say your piece and move on. I, uh, if that's my biggest takeaway is if you see something, address it yourself right there. You don't have to like drop an F-bomb. Like I probably would have if I did, but I would have saved myself so much peace and maybe I would have made a difference earlier. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.